Blog Talk Radio. and welcome to another edition of Trundle Bed Tales, the podcast. Now, this one is a little bit late coming to you because what it's going to be is the third part of the roving reports from when I was in Pepin, which I meant to do almost exactly a month ago, but with everything trying to get caught up again coming home, it just kept getting pushed back, and uh, I finally had just carved out some time because I did want to talk about a few of things that happened on the way home. Now, before we did that, let me just quickly do a little bit of housekeeping. And that's just to let you know uh, that if you want to... Uh, stream the shows. You can, certainly can live. Otherwise, you can call in uh, if you just want to listen or if you have a question or a comment at 714-242-5253. That's 714-242-5253. Or toll-free 1-877-633-9389. That's 1-877-633-9389. And while we're at it, let's just quickly mention our upcoming shows because uh, we've got a couple scheduled and we're going to be, first off, we're going to be picking up our Travel Times couponing episode that we had the technical difficulties with earlier this month. We're going to be doing that at uh, October 24th at 8 p.m. Central Time. Then... We're going to be talking with Amy Ankrum of the Laura Ingalls Wilder Museum in Walnut Grove about their Little House on the Prairie TV show reunion event that they're going to be hosting in honor of its 40th anniversary. She's going to be here October 29th at 9 p.m. Central Time. And then uh, we've got another historical one coming up on uh, November 12th. And that one's going to be... uh, in the afternoon, and we're going to be talking with uh, one of the people who are involved with the Passenger Pigeon Project because uh, 2013 was the centennial of Martha Lavas' known Passenger Pigeon dying, and they've been doing some really fascinating things with that, and he's going to talk, talk to us about the history of the birds and how they affected American culture. It's just, I think you're going to really enjoy that. And that's all coming up on Trendlebed Tales. And there will probably be um, another sort of roving report here for some for a special program that I'm hoping to get up to Burr Oak for. I haven't actually scheduled it yet, um, but hopefully I'll be able to fit that one in too. So I think that is about all we have for housekeeping as far as the podcast. I do want to mention. Also, that we still have a few events going on 
at uh, the Little House in the Prairie Museum. It's about the last home site with a pre-Christmas event because the home sites are starting to close down. But it's not too early to do your Christmas shopping. If you're looking for Laura materials, remember they have to send it to you by mail. It now would be a fine time to start. Also on this Saturday, October 19th, I'm going to be doing a uh, program out at City Park for a fundraiser to help repair the cabins out there. So I hope that if you are from the area, you will make an effort to come out there because it's a very worthy cause. And uh, be sure to check my blog because I've been, among other things, um, I've been trying to do about once a week, counting down one of my top 10 blog posts ever So and doing a little update for them. So if you're interested to see what other people like best about the blog, this now would be a great time to stop by and check it out. And that, I think, is all our housekeeping. So, on the Sunday, the impression from some of the things I said in the video diary that I was anti-Pepin Parade. And I just want to clarify that I am not anti-parade in any way, that I love parades. I have been in a bunch of parades. Uh, we were such hardcore parade people before work schedules started to interfere that we used to, for the homecoming parade in Iowa City, go down with a clear paint drop cloth if it was just raining on and off and put that over so we could sit there and watch the parade. So I, I was just kind of shocked I did not mean to imply anything negative about the the parade at all. It's a great one from everything I've heard. It's just that if you have, it's about five and a half hours home from Pepin, and that's without any stops, and I always make stops, and I always try and hit Spring Valley, and I want to hit there before they close. So if I, and the town really, truly does shut down um, from a little while before the parade starts until it's over. There is just no traffic movement in town at all during the parade. So if you don't get out then, you basically might as well just accept you've got about two hours of parade stuff going on before you're going to go. And by the time the parade's over, I would definitely be getting home after dark and I couldn't stop anywhere and everything that. So that is why I think it's important to get out of town before the parade. It isn't because I don't want to watch the parade because it is a great one. Okay. So I hope I've clarified that. Going on from there, uh, the other thing, which actually it's still on my, my list of things to do on uh, the Sunday morning of Laura Days in Pepin, they have a fundraiser uh, pancake breakfast at the church and I, uh, or at the school there. And I keep meaning to get over there and, and uh, stop, but I haven't done it yet. So, But that is a big thing. So if you are in town, that's definitely something that you can do and kind of connect with, with the locals and kind of get a better feeling of what it's like to live in Pepin and people to talk to. And It just is, I think, a nice thing, but... Uh, haven't made it yet myself. Uh, on this particular Sunday, I hadn't gotten to eat at the homemade cafe yet at all, which I always like to do when I'm uh, in Pepin. So I went over there for breakfast, had a lovely breakfast. I uh, shared a picture of it on Facebook if anybody wants to see it. 
got some of what I really truly believe is the best iced tea in the town of Pepin. Uh, and then after breakfast, I'd already carried out all my stuff from, from the hotel, so I went over and checked in with the um, Buckskinners, or with the traditional craft people one more time. Uh, I always like to check in there periodically because there's always something new going on. And I always want to check in with some of my friends over there before I take off, too. Um, it really was, they had a really nice display going on this year. There were some different people, and um, some of the regular people were missing. And there was even a couple people who came up and uh, talked to various uh, uh, demonstrators while I was there. It sounded like they may want to get into the demonstrator movement, some younger people. So I hope that happens. And um, it sounded like things were really going well with them. So the next thing I did was I went over to the uh, museum again and I got some more pictures because hopefully everything in there will be changing before uh, I get back. They have just the week before uh, the – or the week – the week of the Laura days, they had just gotten an occupancy permit for uh, the room. So they had have the public bathrooms open. And public bathrooms, majorly important, much uh, is a major step up for this museum. Very glad that it happened. But there's a whole huge empty room that connects what was the two separate buildings. So they're going to be filling that up with um, display space. Uh, and moving things around. They have a um, collection of clothing and some collection of antiques that has been gifted to them that they hadn't had a place to store yet. And uh, it should be interesting to see what they do with it. So I took a lot of before pictures and went through there um, Checked out a couple more things in the scrapbook. I'm always retaking the pictures in the scrapbook because I'm never satisfied to myself that I've got them before. So I always try to retake them and get a better thing. So I worked on that a little bit too. And then when I got done, I uh, headed out to the cabin. I hadn't been out to the cabin uh, this trip before. Uh, sometimes I get out there on Saturday, but I, I just didn't this year. And um, took a look and see what they were doing. It was uh, pretty busy out there, although there was a change in schedule. Apparently, they had decided that uh, the bus tour wasn't getting quite as much traffic as they had hoped. So it started later in the day on Saturday. And um, I think the first one was, there's a schedule up on the information desk, but I think the first uh, bus they sent out this year was uh, noon on Saturday, and then they didn't run buses at all on Sunday, which I think made a difference because I think lots of people used the buses to go out to the cabin. And without that cycling through, it was a little quieter, but still there were quite a few people out there, lots of cars, um, it's, and they were there was quilt stuff going all over the place. And uh, Nicola Zinga from uh, the Walnut Grove Museum was there and was uh, doing the storytelling quilts that they have there. Um, uh, Julie was there from the Plum Creek Quilts and was helping on that. And 
they had quite a few uh, normal volunteers working on the um, sand sewing the quilt squares uh, since Linda Starbuck and her mother who normally come up and volunteer weren't able to, to come this year. So it was good they got some fresh blood in there helping people with it. And it's just always a nice time to go out and see the cabin. So then I decided that I was going to try and go to Plum Creek School, which is also seven miles outside of Pepin, but in a slightly different direction on the other side of several coolies. So you kind of have to go back at least partway to Pepin and then go out again. Uh, it was an okay one-room school. They, they've been talking about it a lot, so I was anxious to see it myself. They still have the coal barn or pony shed. I didn't get a good look at the inside, so I'm not exactly sure what it was, but they still have a couple of the outbuildings there. It apparently was with um, in conjunction with the church. I don't know if it was built with in conjunction of a church or if it was there and then they built the church later. Um, there wasn't anybody interpreting it. It was just open, but if a one-room school is part of your sightseeing agenda to cross off while you're doing your Laura trip, this would be a great place uh, to to do that, it is uh, in a lovely place in the valley. Excellent pictures, and uh, there was a family there having a picnic lunch while I was there. It was all very nice, and um, then I headed around back to Pepin, and then stopped very shortly at Lark Toys, which I hadn't before. It had always been I'd, I'd driven past it because the road to get into it is kind of you have to turn an intersection ahead and follow the signs. It's it's a little confusing, and I just never bothered to take the time. But a friend of mine on Twitter said I had to stay there or, or check it out, so I did. They have an excellent antique toy collection, wonderful carvings, and there's toys for sale. Uh, there's a little food area, so if you're driving around uh, southeastern Minnesota right across the river from Pepin, it's a great place to stop. I also managed to hit Spring Valley on the way home. I had lunch at A&W. I didn't get uh, any of the, I didn't get a chance to look around at the exhibit much, but I did uh, stop and uh, talk to them about it. They're going to be doing their Christmas teas again. Um, the gift shop was up and going. They have gotten a grant to redo their postcards. So if you think you have all the Laura postcards, you you uh, you are wrong because Spring Valley has brand new postcards, and um, I think well worth getting some of those. They had uh, some of the Farmer Boy Goes West books, and um, just a nice connection collection of other things. Uh, they always have something different and unique every time I stop there. So that's one reason why I was glad I could. And I also got the last glass ball um, of the four museums that were working to, together on the glass balls that I needed to get for my set. Although I think a couple of the other museums, uh, Laura museums, have a similar ball. They just weren't part of this uh, promotion project. And I did just want to mention that uh, the barn is still up. Uh, it's from all indications. They are still planning to eventually tear it down, but it was still up when I drove by. So while it's up, it's up, and I'm always glad to report on that. Uh, they were doing some constructions on the road, so it was a little harder to get to the Wilder Museum, but not really a big deal. 
And um, I hope that uh, while it's one of the smaller museums, I do really think it's worth a shot uh, and stopping in. So I hope that you will stop at Spring Valley at your next trip. I have gone over with my roving report. So I hope that you enjoyed it. I'm glad I finally got it done. And I hope that I'll have another trip to report for you soon. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.